you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. My name's Klaatu. Hello. This is another entry into my mini-series called Networking Basics. In the past, we've covered network protocols, how packets get identified on the network, what routers and switches do, and then we did some exercises on setting up networking devices, things like DHCP servers, caching DNS servers, and most recently, a Samba share. In this episode, we're going to talk about setting up an AFP share. AFP is a file sharing protocol designed by Apple. Historically, it was the Apple Talk file protocol. Now it is simply the Apple file protocol. It is an ugly, ugly thing that I hope you never have to deal with. However, I'm doing an episode on it because, well, I use it in the place that I work, so I happen to know a little something about it, so I might as well. It is, after all, a networking protocol, so it does qualify for the mini-series on networking basics. Uh, And there are lots lots, lots and lots of catches to it. There are things that just don't work the way that they're supposed to work, at least from from the Linux side of things. So it's it's really something that I guarantee you, you don't want to go down this path if you don't have to. However, it does have a couple of advantages, such as if all of your clients, all the client computers on your network, are Mac OS X computers, then AFP is the default and certainly very, very native share sharing, file sharing uh, protocol. So there's a graphical, very easy kind of like if people need to do an internet search on how do I connect to my server, then it'll, you know, all the screenshots will, will tell them exactly the right thing to do. So it's, it is very sort of integrated into that operating system. So that's one advantage. Samba comes as a close second, however because it's just three letters away, but they do have to explicitly type those three letters. So it's it's not quite as user-friendly as, as AFP. In, in the Mac OS X world, there's also a couple of conventions that are probably pretty foreign to Linux and Windows users. A lot of Mac users will literally identify very, very important information by color-coding file names or by giving folders different icons to denote that, yes, this is a vitally important folder. Do not, you know, don't misplace it. It's, it's, they'll bring attention to it just by icons. A Samba share will not respect those icons, whereas the AFP protocol certainly will. It, it, can, it can get those fancy little icons just fine. So there are some things that, that AFP does for Mac users that, that kind of makes it a, a logical choice, and I say logical begrudgingly, but it, 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 does, it does work on a, on a Mac-only network fairly well. But I'm warning you right now that if you go down the AFP path, you will regret it at some point. Maybe not all the time, but there will be times where you regret it. Some of those times will be when there is a Linux or a Windows computer on your network that wants to access those files. There are no, there is no way to do that natively on on any other OS other than Mac OS X. There have been some third-party applications that have attempted to make that something that you could do, but as far as I know, none of the none of those are are actually maintained anymore, and certainly none of them are going to feel at all native on those other platforms. So it's not even on Linux where NetaTalk exists. There's no as far as I know, no GUI front end to the AFP file share. You, you would still have to go in on the command line. 
So there's just it's not going to feel at all integrated on either Linux or Windows, the way that Samba can kind of feel mostly integrated on all three platforms. AFP also, in, in proper Apple fashion, is ever-changing. They, they change the protocol all the time. They forget to tell people that they changed it. And so if, if there is anything happening, you know, if there are frequent updates on your client machines, you might find that your AFP setup has ceased to work strangely. So the AFP re-implementation on Linux is called Netatalk, N-E-T-A-T-A-L-K, and it is, technically speaking, fairly simple to set up, but again, there are a lot of little catches that we're going to discover along the way. So, I don't know if I'm getting it across to you clearly, but you probably want to avoid using this, if if at all possible. Sometimes it's not possible, so we'll talk about it. Again, installing it is pretty simple. Yum install Netatalk, or aptitude install Netatalk. On my previous episode on Samba, I was doing everything on a Red Hat or a Fedora server. On this one, I'm actually doing it on Debian. It just kind of worked out this way that a lot of my AFP file uh, servers are PowerPC boxes, so Debian is kind of the only game in town. But that means that for this episode, if you're on something else, then you will need to adjust your paths accordingly for the config files. On Debian, however, you've got slash Etsy slash Netatalk for most of the files, and there's an Etsy default Netatalk as well, so be aware of that extra little file there. So if you go into the default folder, or wherever the Netatalk configuration file itself is located, then you will find a really simple little configuration file that simply defines what runs when you say to start Netatalk. So open that up in a text editor or something and look at it, and you'll see that there's you can limit how many clients are connected. I do that just because I find that the servers that I'm running the file share on isn't really aren't they're not the fastest boxes around. They don't have all that much RAM, so I do try to get a max client number of 20, and that works for me. But you can you can certainly increase it or, or not define that. That's fine as well just depends on what you need. The The next important thing, I guess, would be whether you want to allow guests, AFPD underscore guest, what you want to call them when they log in. Uh, I think the default is, is nobody. And then you need to define what you want to run when you start the Netatalk service. There are a couple of different aspects to Netatalk. One is the legacy support for Apple Talk, or as they call it, Atalk, or AtalkD. In, in Netatalk terms. I don't use AppleTalk. You probably won't be using AppleTalk either. So the answer or the, 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 the value for Atalk D underscore run will probably be no for you. PAPD underscore run and TimeLord underscore run. Yeah, I know. You want to run TimeLord underscore run, right? But you can't because it's dependent on AppleTalk. So all of that stuff, the A2 boot underscore run, you can just all set all that stuff to no. The ones that you want to leave on are CNID underscore MetaD underscore run. equals. Uh, you want to set that to equals yes. And AFPD underscore run would be yes as well. In other words, that's AFP over TCP. And I, I guarantee you that's going to be your usage, unless you are using this in a legacy environment where you're running nothing but Mac OS 9.2.2. 2. 
So, yes, AFPD underscore run and CNID underscore meta D underscore run would equal yes. In all seriousness, I could see you actually utilizing the Apple Talk um, support if, if you've got, like, a bank of old Apple printers that only spoke over Apple Talk, which those exist, and I could see someone using this solely for that purpose, and that actually might be something that I do end up trying it out for because uh, we we might be getting a old laser printer donated but I'm not even sure if they're going to be able to utilize it because of the ink issues and anyway Netatalk usually you'll be turning off the Apple Talk stuff and just leaving on the AFPD and the CNID meta stuff so that's what Netatalk configuration gets after that you really get to go down into the deeper levels of the configuration files of which there are really two that you need to be concerned over somewhat. One is the afpd.conf, which, again, this is at least on Debian, and I'm pretty sure if memory serves, it's on Red Hat as well. Slash Etsy slash Netatalk is the folder, so it's pretty pretty easy to find. Uh, so there's the afpd.conf file, and that would be... there. There's literally probably one line that you want to look at, at in that file. It's all the way down at the bottom. It's the default line. You don't even need to uncomment it, actually, because it's just the default. And it tells it to run over TCP and use the UAMS list, or UAM list. I don't really even know what that is. I, I did at one point. I've forgotten since. It's really just, it's it's completely sensible, normal defaults. I do not even bother uncommenting it. It's fine. So, but but be aware that that file exists anyway because uh, it does. And at some point, you may have to go in there and, and add something or 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 disable something, whatever. Uh, that I did actually have to do that once way back, way back last year, um, because Apple Talk had changed, or or not Apple Talk, uh, AFP had changed, and there there was some new library that you had to use or something like that and you had to add it to that line so that was something historically that i've done but not not recently so the next file to change and again this is all it's it's surprisingly simple to be honest it's it's not it's not really that hard which is nice um the next next config file that you need to open up though and you will probably need to change st- stuff in is applevolumes.default and that's capital A and capital V apple volumes all one string dot .default again at the, the, the it's a very verbose file you can read and read and read and read all the different possible attributes that you could change that you could add to these files but down at the bottom you have about 3 well 6 I guess lines that you might want to take a look at so the line the, the first line sets the defaults sort of globally, and that is colon default colon options colon upriv comma use dots. The use dots option is telling the server how to translate, or rather not translate, files that start with a dot in their file name, and the upriv option is telling the server to use Unix privileges by default. Now don't let that fool you. It's not quite as nice and tidy as all that but but it's a good starting point upriv so that's the um that's the, the the default line for sort of the global configuration the next line you'll see will be uh the fact that by default all users have access to their own home directories on the afp servers that i run i actually don't use that option so last episode i was talking about how on samba 
I did use that option and how great it was. Well, that's because I use that for one thing and AFP for something else. So I don't give users access to their own home directories via AFP, so I have that commented out. But if you want to give them their, you know, access to, to, to Samba that way, or to their home directory via AFP, then uncomment that line and it will, it will look at the Unix username of the person logging into the server and it will provide them a home directory so that they can stash stuff in their own little storage space. Might be nice. And then finally, uh, this is actually the final thing that you have to set for this. I mean, it's, like I said, it's not really that hard. You, you tell the config file the Unix path of where this shared folder exists, the human readable, um, from the client side name of the user of the of the of this path of this shared directory and then who is allowed to log in and then a couple of other things that we'll go over in a minute for instance on this particular box that that I'm looking at right now the the first thing that I would give is the unix path so that's slash home slash instructor so this is an instructors folder that people want to have access to so slash home slash instructor again you could put it in slash var you could put it somewhere else I have been doing this this way because it's just like I say it's kind of the way that I started out but slash home slash instructor is the Unix path of the f- the directory on the server that people will be logging into and then we do a space and then in this case I put classroom share uh, no spaces so classroom share is the name of the volume that when people start logging into this, that's what it's that's what's going to show up on their desktop. Or if they drag it into their dock for for storage for 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 quick access later, when they roll over it, that's what it'll show up. It's not going to show slash home slash instructor. It'll show classroom share. So that's the client name of of your volume of of the shared volume. And then we do space allow a l l o w colon, and then the name of the people that are allowed to log into this. Now again, this is all very flexible. You could be using a different authentication method, but if you're just doing it straight, sort of pure Unix kind of stuff, then what you would do is have a user on this server called uh, Klaatu, and then you would add Klaatu to this list of allowed users. So I have allow colon Klaatu, comma, students maybe, comma, instructor maybe, and so on. Unlike Samba, you do not have to set a specific password for, for these users. Their Unix password on your server will be the same as their, you know, for their AFP password. So there's no special Samba password or AFP password command. It's just they exist on this server, Klaatu. Whatever his password is on the server, that's what he will use when he's logging in via AFP from the Mac that he shouldn't be using. Space, options, colon, upriv, comma, use dots. That's actually just redundant. I was having problems with uh, some of the privileges being retained, so I reiterate it here. I doubt it's doing any good, but I'm not going to change it now because it's working. Space, fperm colon 0775 space dperm colon 0775 com, uh, space umask colon 0000. This is all very strange and it's all related to a hack that just 
today it needed to, to be this way, whether it's going to need to be that way, the next release of the next OS 10, with, or even it could, it could even just be an update. It could be a random OS update. It could break everything at any moment. So this is, this is something that has changed a lot uh, over the course of a mere two years. It's, it's been different a couple of times. But here's what's happening. So the dperm is the, direct, the default permission value for a directory that someone creates on this shared uh, volume in this share in this file share so uh, I'm just setting it to a to it to a permission value the F perm is the file permissions and the U mask of course is a, a mask unlike what I was saying about Samba in the previous episode U mask is colon 0, 0, 0, 0, meaning that it inherits 777. So that really shouldn't be something that I'm using, I, I think, but like I say, it's kind of a hack that was necessary for, for things to function the way that I need them to function. Either way, that's actually all you need to do to configure NetaTalk. So it's literally, at the most, four lines of work which you have to admit is kind of nice. It's kind of, it could be a lot worse, right? So you, you just kind of look at afpd.conf in slash etsy slash default slash afpd.conf on, on Debian, and it might just be in slash etsy slash netatalk on other systems. Look at that, make sure that there's no default that you need to change, and there probably isn't. It's It's been pretty good about being the way that it needs to be for me. And then have a look at slash Etsy slash netatalk slash applevolumes.default. Make sure that your defaults there are, are sane. You want options upriv to inherit all your Unix or to utilize all your Unix privileges. And use dots because it works. And then whether or not you want their home directories to be visible. And then you define your share, your, your shared sort of entities, meaning what they will see when they log in from their client machine. They don't obviously see the Unix path, but you define the Unix path for the server, and then you tell the server what they're going to see in their little um, menu option when they're logging in. And you set who's allowed to log in, you set uh, any kind of other options that you want for that particular share, and you set any kind of permissions and creation masks that you want f for that to work. Okay, so what that does then is it shares slash home slash instructor in this case, because that's what I have it set to. And and it does that quite well, and when people, if, if they're in the allowed user list, when they log in, they can create files, they can create directories, and it pretty much does exactly what it's supposed to. And like I say, that's the if there is beauty here, that would be the beauty of AFP, and that is that it once you've got it set up, it works quite well on Mac OS X, and that's all it works on. So, again, be aware of that. But it works exactly like people would expect it to work. They can color code things if they have permission to do so. They can change icons, and those icons will be retained. Uh, they won't go away or anything. Well, in as much as they don't go away anyway on OS X. But, but you know, the, it will act exactly like an OS X user expects 
their 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 finder and their file manager to to function. So that's a good thing. One of the weird things about at least the the latest implementation of AFP f from Apple is th and, and the a difference between that and Netatalk is that the permissions just they're not they're not only looking at the the Unix user permissions. So I can set Unix permissions in the server config file all I want, and they may or may not be respected over on the Mac side. So, for instance, in slash home instructor, I've got a couple of folders that are shared. There's a pickup folder where students pick up their work, which has uh, the permissions of 755, and the owner of instructor and the group of uh, staff, let's say. And then I've got a drop-off folder, which has the students being able to drop files into the folder, but not get them back out. So this is obviously for homework assignments, for tests and quizzes, where you want the the classroom, the student, to be able to give you a file, but not go in and look at other people's work and cheat and stuff like that. So you would you would normally you would think you would set that to something like um, I don't know. Uh, seven, so that the instructor can do whatever they want, and then the the um, the group and the others would only have write and maybe execute permissions. So it'd be like the very uncommon. What would that be? Something like seven three three, something weird like that. And and that would in theory be a, a drop off folder, right? The, the 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 students could write into a folder, but they couldn't actually read what was in the folder. Kind of weird, but that w that is what you would do. Now there used to be a Dropbox feature in Netatalk, but it w uh, it was always marked a kludge, and it has always warned you that it might not work the way you think it's going to work, and all these other caveats apply. So there's just some stuff that you literally can't configure in the server. So what I did was I set the f uh, permissions and everything to um, to 755 and then you go over to a Mac and log in as one of these allowed users, preferably someone with all the administrative capabilities possible. So in this case, it would be the instructor user. So you log in. Uh, again, you go to the Go menu. You connect to server, or you just hit Command-K if you're a keyboard kind of person. And you log in as the instructor. And now you've got your drop-off and your pickup folder. Your pickup folder being 755, where you, as the instructor, can write into the directory and students can take files out of the directory. And then the drop-off folder, where students can drop their work, which really you only want them to be able to drop off the work. But since you can't actually set ACL flags the way that Mac wants to see them from the Linux server, you need to do that on the Mac box. So you log in, you click on the drop-off folder. In this case, you would hit Command-I for Get Info. And then in the GUI, I mean, you could do this with ACL settings um, on in the terminal as well, but no one does it that way, including myself. So you just go into Get Info, and you... Again, this is really kind of a weird 
kludge, but you, you need to set, if you're doing it this way, a Dropbox function, you would set the everyone value to write only so that it is a Dropbox, the staff value, which is kind of the main user group on Mac OS X, to write only, so that's the Dropbox, and then there will probably be an unknown value there for read and write, because Mac OS X for some reason can't can't quite identify, like, who exactly it is who has read and write, but it knows someone does. Turns out it's instructor, uh, which is just kind of a weird thing about the way that you're, you're interacting with, with this. It's not really that big of a deal, but that's how it's done. So whether or not you're doing a Dropbox or not, I mean, you may never have that problem, but be aware that there are some weird file permission issues between your setup and the way that Mac OS X actually sees them. And by the time you hear this, for all I know, it will all have changed. So just kind of be aware that, that unfortunately, any tutorial online that you read about AFP is probably out of date. And this episode is probably included in that. But now you know the theory, and you know sort of the idea behind it all. You can go in and set up the config files and then just test it and see what works and what doesn't work. I will say that it seems to be, and this is almost timeless uh, until it isn't, it seems like once you get the thing up and running, then do all the actual, like, once you've defined, okay, this is the directory that people will be logging into, don't create subdirectories and stuff like that from within Linux. It just doesn't pay go over to the Mac computer that is going to be managing that volume, log in, and do all of your kind of infrastructure work, and you're setting the file permissions and stuff like that from a Mac. It will work. Um, I, I have found that it, it has a lot more success doing it from the Mac, from the Mac GUI, or if you know the ACL line commands, do it there on the Mac, because it, it sets flags differently than, than what you think you're doing, by setting things in the Linux command line. So it's almost it's almost not a problem. You just have to not do what you think you should be doing. You know, you, you think you're doing it right. You're, you're creating a folder and you're setting the file permissions and it seems like it should work. But just don't don't think that way, because that's not the that's not the case. It's it's um it's got a lot to do with the, the access control lists that, that Mac OS X imposes uh, on top of the the Unix file permissions, so just be aware of that. Everything should be configured now. So then you would again, however your distribution um, does the whole service on thing, whether it's service netatalk start or slash etsy slash init d netatalk start whatever. Uh, do that. Make make it go on, and and then you can go into the Mac sign on and configure the file permissions. And that's really it. Um, troubleshooting, there's not a whole lot of troubleshooting aside from like incompatibilities between Netatalk and the latest implementation of, of AFP that is included in some kind of update on, on the Mac that you didn't expect. But other than that, it, I have found that it pretty much works, except, again, make sure that your IP tables are allowing your Netatalk or your AFP traffic uh, make sure that SE Linux is aware that AFP exists and that it's approved. Issue whatever kind of rule you have to from SE Troubleshooter. 
their SE Linux troubleshooter, whatever it's called. And and other than that, I think you should find that it works pretty well. The things that I have found that 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 sometimes cause me trouble will be I will try to add a user forgetting that they need to be a Unix user on that server, or I'll forget to set a Unix password for that Unix or for that for that user. Um, and then when they're trying to sign in via AFP, then the, the, their password doesn't exist, so it won't let them in. Little things like that, but mostly it's pretty straightforward. So that's how you can create an AFP file share that will be accessible from Mac OS 10 boxes on your network. Enjoy. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Phenomenon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRef projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.